Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. such a but now and uh, that, and instead of saying um, but, he says here, therefore, because you got to see what everything, he's, he's built this long story, now remember this early century church, he's built this long dramatic story to explain to them what God has done in their lives and what's going on in them so they can actually get to this point. Um, so really the, the title that I put on this is Come to the Light, because um, I, can't, I can't think of hardly anything more stunning. So I, wanna, I want us to read it together, and it really does, believe it or not, it helps if you actually, even if you're, you're uncomfortable with that, if you, if you read it aloud, if you, if you just say it to yourself. So say with me. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God, oh my gosh, does the spirit of God dwell in you? You're free from the flesh. You're not in the flesh. That's stunning. This this whole these these first nine verses. This this is the most stunning thing that can ever happen in your life. And 
That's why I'm in a weird mood this morning, because to go back and study this and then to relive what's been going on in my life for the past 10 years, I just, I'm, I can't get but three, three words into this thing. I start crying and laughing again. Um, it, so, so I want to pray. We've read it together now. And you've been taught stuff about this, and there's stuff, and you'll go, yeah, I know that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't go, yeah, I understand that, Lloyd. Come on, get on the net. Don't do that. I want to instead pray that we would receive a yes in our spirits. Because what does God want you to get from this? Yes. He, wa he wants a yes in your heart. Just as we were saying, I kept going, I kept singing yes over everything that we were singing. That we, we would learn when we say yes, we receive it over and over and over and over and over again. And that's what, in, it's what infiltrates a heart. Not the mind, and I'm not talking about bypassing your mind. It infiltrates your heart when you keep going. I may not understand that completely, but I'm just going to say yes to it this morning. And then the word of God takes on this. Remember, it's life. It takes on a life inside of you and starts to prepare your heart to say yes more. And as you say yes more, more and more freedom comes in, in your walk with God. Because instead of putting yourself under condemnation, you're putting yourself into his acceptance of God. So, Lord, I pray right now for each of us, for me, for all my friends here. We say yes to what you say through Paul in Romans. Lord, I confess that my weakness can keep me from seeing and hearing some things, but I set that aside right now and I say yes to the power of your word. Yes to the meaning of it. Yes to the freedom of it. Yes to the okay of God. Yes to who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, last week, we did Romans 7, and it ended with the idea about humility. I want you to see that the Romans 7 experience is literally this. Remember what we did last week. I can't do this. That's the cry of Romans 7. But that cry that you do the things that you don't want to do when you're in the flesh, and you don't do the things that you should do when you're in the flesh, and it's hard to see ourselves. I mean, if I could see myself in the spirit every day, it'd be, I'd, I'd be in a weirder mood than I am this morning. And probably, I don't know, I don't know how many people would connect with me. Maybe more. Maybe I've got it completely backwards. But what it does is when, when I can understand, I can't do this. And then he ends it with verse 26, Romans 7. He says, thanks, but we all, what's the, what's, who can help me with this? He says, thanks be to God that he did this through Jesus and what he did. Because it's literally this, what, what Paul is saying is what you can't do, you ever tried to do Christianity? I spent 30 years trying to do Christianity. 
what you can't do, and here's the other thing, reading the, the word, which we've got to do and everything, but you obeying the law. The law can't do it either. What you can't do and what the law couldn't do, Jesus did for you. Stunning, isn't it? That, when you start saying that, when you give up and go, I, don't, I know all the principles, I've been taught the seven steps of intimacy, I know the nine steps to having the Spirit come alive in my life, and how I dwell in the Spirit, and I do these things, and I still find that I don't do what I should do, and do exactly what I shouldn't do. That is the first step. I, I had people trying to define what humility is. That's humility. I don't get it. I can't do this. I give up. That is the biggest statement of humility that you'll ever make because that leads you to your advocate. It leads you to the power of grace and freedom from the law of sin and death that he next talks about because it leads you to exactly to Romans 8.1. So it, it's really, uh, we've seen these so separated because I, I always thought that humbling myself in the sight of the Lord was making sure he knew what a piece of dirt I was. Yeah? That's not what he's saying. Listen to 1 Peter 5. God resists the proud, the people who try to make it on their own. He resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. I always thought that is put yourself before the judge. Tell him how you can't do any, you know, how terrible you are. It's not what he's saying. Humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God is a phrase that's used for God's plan of salvation. The right hand of salvation. When you humble yourself under God's way of salvation and go your way, not my way, then he exalts you in due time. And then it says this incredible thing, casting all your cares, all the stuff that gets in the way of you understanding that, for he cares for you. God's way is that he cares for you. He takes care over your life. He's careful with you. He's orchestrating things right now. God, would you open that door and the door stays shut? He's caring for you. He opens the door and you don't want to go through it and he gives you a little shove. He's caring for you. And the place to stay to receive that care is Humble yourself under his plan of salvation over your life. Not his judgment because you can't get it right. How do we know this? Because he removes condemnation. So you go from 726 right here. It's, it's right in the there is therefore now. It's, it's Romans 8, 1. There's therefore now no condemnation. For every person that humbles their life and death struggle, it's a struggle, isn't it? 
to God's salvation, here's the, the threat of condemnation is the first thing that the indwelling spirit of God removes. Now, here's how I used to read this. This has taken me in about the last five years. When I first started to get this message of grace, I still didn't have this part. I always thought that uh, condemnation was about forgiveness. That I, I, God didn't condemn me, therefore I was forgiven. As a matter of fact, that's what I made my Christianity about and made that about confession. Was that how, were you taught that? Give me some head nods, yes or no. Because if you shake no, then we've got to talk about it more. If you shake yes, we can move on. He's not talking about forgiveness here. Condemnation is something very different. Condemnation has to do with adjudication. He's making a judgment. He's literally judging your life. It's not the issue. Mercy has to do with forgiveness. Grace has to do with forgiveness. Condemnation has to do with judgment. Now remember when this, connect this back, Romans 5.1. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. That's why it goes here to Romans 8.1. Anybody that's in Christ is not condemned. There's, there's no judgment against you anymore. It's been removed. It's not about forgiving you of your daily sins. It's about he's removed a judgment against you. And he took the judgment on himself. And he did. He paid the, he did the law of sin and death. Your sin and death. He did that for you. It's a gift. And now there's no condemnation for you. Christ is a life giving spirit. The first thing that he removes is death because you go through a death. Remember Romans 6? Remember what we taught? He died. I died. He was buried. I was buried. He was raised from the dead. I'm raised from the dead. I now have life. It's, this is stunning because the condemnation actually is what it is. You've had the death threat removed from you because you passed through death. Listen to what, this is Jesus in John 5. Tracking with me? Most assuredly, in the old King James, I like the way the old King James says, it's so much more poetic. Truly, truly. Verily, verily. So, most assuredly is how we would say that today. In other words, there is no doubt about this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. What? You have everlasting life. So Rome, Romans later says, he who believes that Jesus was raised from the dead and confesses with his mouth, believes in his heart, and confesses with his mouth that that occurred for him, saved, passes from death into life. Okay. He believes in him who sent me as everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. I have been taught so many lessons about judgment 
and I've already been judged. He shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. So here's what John, Paul did. Paul takes that verse, the saying that Jesus did, and goes, there's no condemnation for you. Why does he make that verse? Why, you know, he's given the, the Romans 3, 4, 5, and 6. He's explaining it all to you. And then it's almost like it's halftime at the biggest Super Bowl ever imaginable. And he stops, and God comes out and goes, here's the halftime. You're not condemned. I release you from it right now. How would you act? This is why I'm in a weird mood, because I get in touch with it again when I, want, when I start talking about it with other people. That's a cue for you. Start talking about this with other people. And the more you let it out, the word of your testimony out of your mouth, the more you start seeing about it. The more you start seeing about it, the more you live in it. The more you live in it, the more you want to talk to people about it. Get, get the cycle? There's an equation for you. you. You start sharing it in such a way that is revolutionary in our lives. This is supposed to be, this verse is the stunning verse. This verse, I believe, is what Isaiah meant when he prophesied in Isaiah 6. He says, rise, shine, for your light has come. For the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. We used to sing songs about that. I'm going, no, that doesn't count. This is bigger than that. This, this, is like, this is like big. This is like expansive. This is, this is that seed, that mustard seed that grows into a huge tree. And it, it's the life-giving life change. Without the removal of the condemnation, you will stay in an inability to change. What it does is when you do receive it, it's God's proven capability in you. That God was able to do this and he gives it to you. All you can do, we talk about the grace being free. That's the free gift is I'll take all the condemnation into me and I'm going to give you life. You're free. You're not condemned. It, it makes you want to run around and go crazy. I'm not condemned. I'm not condemned. That's how I was upstairs praying about this and I started pacing in my room. I'm not condemned. I keep reminding him of what I deserve to be condemned over. He goes, you're not condemned. Why are you? That's gone. Yeah, but I, he said, no, I don't, I don't see that. I refuse to see that. I see my son. We do this to ourselves. And this is the freedom verse. This literally, this is a, and no pun intended, this is the trump card of the universe. Not to get, listen, you can camp in God's forgiveness and it's going to help you. 
it'll make you feel better. It'll be okay. You did it. Uh, and you can, we're supposed to, we should roll around in God's forgiveness. But there's something greater than the forgiveness that it leads to. You're not condemned. You're not judged as lacking anything. And it's done. You literally, think about this. The woman that gets caught in adultery doesn't forgive her. What's he do? He does a judicial thing. Where are your accusers? Neither do I accuse you. She gets free. Now, forgiveness is mixed up in that. Please don't say, oh, forgiveness doesn't matter. Yes, it does. But the bigger issue is condemnation. Because if you can get a glimpse that you're not condemned by the judge and you've already passed through it, that he stood there as you, was condemned and died as you, and then was raised to new life, that he would never die again, and you receive that, you don't have to live in the condemnation of death anymore. It does, it does something spectacular in the human soul. Because it takes you to the next verse. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You don't have to relate to God on the law of sin and death. You relate to God on the law of the spirit of life. It's such a... It, not just the mental change, but the feeling change when you present yourself to God holy, acceptable, righteous, every spot against you removed. It's, it's a giddy feeling. You get like a little kid. You just want to wanna run around. You, you want to be the, I think of the horses, you know, when the weather turns in the springtime and the horses start running through the field and they start kicking their, you know, that's just how I see myself. You know, maybe it's because I want to be a wild stallion. I don't know. But besides that, I just want to, you know, I want to, I want to be Bono from U2 and crow all over the stage, you know, you know, you just want to go, but what will people think? I don't give a damn. Because that's a curse. I don't want to act crazy to put people off. But listen, this is the freedom verse. This is you are finally free. Every curse that's been spoken against you is broken. It's done. He says, it's finished. So every voice that you hear, we talked about this in our group this morning. Every voice that you hear from the past are ghosts. They have no form. Maybe they're a skeleton. They're rattling in your closet. Don't listen to that. You're free. You are completely free. This can make you, you come off like a crazy man. Aren't you embarrassed the way you're acting today? No, I'm not. I'm They said, how you doing? I said, I'm happier than the three of you put together. 
they went, what? Sit down here and talk to us. Try it sometimes. Just tell people that. When they say how you're doing, I say, incredible. I'm the, I'm the happiest person I know. They will want to talk to you. They want to hear what's inside of you. Don't give them a plan of salvation. Live free. Live free. Speak free. Well, things are really rough out there, and this is happening in our country, and man, the Lord's going to come back and smite it all. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to sit around and listen to that person. Tell me more. really mad at those people. He's going to get them. Yeah, I want to hear more of that. Who else is he going to get? It's condemnation. It's judgment. When you place yourself, when you don't get free with this verse, then, then you run into something else. You live with shame. That's what verse 2 is about. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. When you're constantly dealing with your sin and the deserved death, you will walk in shame. You will say God's forgiven me and then you'll put on a cloak of shame because you don't like what you did. And you think God was pretty merciful and yeah, he probably took care of that one too because God's bigger than I am. But you're not free. You're suddenly putting on the cloak you, you put on the cloak, the law of sin and death. Well, God's love's incredible, and I sure am glad he covers my sin. He set me free. There's no sin left to be covered. It's been removed out of your life. It's gone. Hebrews says, I will remember it no more. It's removed. It's over with. I will never mention it again. Psalm 103. He will not deal with you according to your... Psalm 103 is one of the most incredible prophetic psalms around. We all know how it starts. We sing it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do what? And forget... What are his benefits? No condemnation for those who are in Christ. This isn't, this isn't some William Wallace that's going through the rat crying, freedom. This is free, free. This is you won't be put to death free. This is reality. When we live in this kind of reality, you become a very unusual person. People will look at you strange. Like I said, I don't care. Without condemnation, I now have the freedom to live without shame. The perfect law of God was not able to make me correct and righteous. The perfect one became my unrighteousness and gave me his as a gift. Wasn't anything I could do or couldn't do. This is what's stunning. For what he says in verse 3 and 4, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did 
by sending his own son. How do I get some of that? Yes. Say yes to it. Every time, every time the Romans 7 experience, this is why Paul followed Romans 7 with Roman 8. Every time your life experience says, I didn't, I can't, I won't, God says there's no condemnation for you. Yeah, but one has to follow the one. Like, if I live in the no condemnation thing, then I'll live in unreality over who I really am. Ah, now we've hit the crux of the thing. You're ashamed of who you really are because you don't believe that Christ is in you. You don't believe that the spirit of life resides in you. And so you will wear the cloak of what you did. And even though you believe and God's forgiven you, you will still walk in shame. The people that did the most for me with this, that when this started to penetrate my heart, it came from a book called The Cure. This, this is one of the most stunning paragraphs in all, I mean, listen, I was a lit freak. I'm an English major, double English. So, like, I like literature. I like poetry. I like all that stuff. This is one of the most stunning things that I've ever seen written and heard. So I want, I want us to read this together. We'll actually close with this. I can't even, I, we didn't even get past the verse, first couple of verses here. Just again, hear this. I'll try and read it slow, but I get so excited. I just start, I want to vibrate and think like we're going to explode apart. God has shown all of his cards, revealing breathtaking protection. He says, in essence, what if I tell them who they now are? What if I take away any element of fear? What if I tell them I will always love them? That I love them right now as much as I love my only son? What if I tell them there are no logs of past offenses? Of how little they pray or how often they've let me down? What if I tell them they are actually righteous right now? What if I tell them I'm crazy about them? What if I tell them that if I'm their savior, they're going to heaven no matter what? It's a done deal. What if I tell them they have a new nature, that they are saints, not saved sinners? What if I tell them I actually live in them now, my love, power, and nature at their disposal? What if I tell them they don't have to put on masks? That they don't need to pretend that we're close? What if they knew that when they mess up, I'll never retaliate? What if they were convinced bad circumstances aren't my way of evening the score? Oop. Better I jumped ahead, huh? 
What if they knew the basis of our friendship isn't how little they sin, but how much they allow me to love them? What if I tell them they can hurt my heart, but I'll never hurt theirs? What if I tell them they can open their eyes when they pray and still go to heaven? What if I tell them there's no secret agenda, no trap door? What if I tell them it isn't about their self-effort, but about allowing me to live my life through them? That is Romans 8, 1 and 2. We're designed to live, not die daily. I don't want to die daily. I would have died once. I want to live daily, fully alive unto God. What if, let me pose a couple more what ifs, because they didn't hit all of them for me. They hit most of them. What if you really believed this? How would you live tomorrow? Tomorrow morning when you stumble to the coffee pot and hit the little red button. What if you really believed this about you before you said hi to anybody? What if your kids saw you really believing this? Here's a big one. What if you really believed this about your believing spouse? There's no condemnation for them. <laughs> well, me, I think he can cover, but her, she might be demonized a little bit, dog. Get that out of her. Really? What if you prayed it over the people you love? Instead of asking God to do stuff, you go, no condemnation, no condemnation, no condemnation. I pray no condemnation over you. Not one bit of judgment over your life. Live in the freedom of God. And then you made that your prayer for all the people you know. Now you got a prayer meeting going. My toughest one is some of those political people. I want to see them bite their own tongue and fall on the floor. I says, really? I died for that person gave my life. What if we real what if we started believing this? What would a church look like? What would some of you know? What would your friends look like when you meet them for coffee? If you really believe this about them and they're coming to confess their stuff to you. You know, I don't receive that. Yeah, you gotta hear what I did yesterday. Uh, no, I don't really want to hear it. Let me tell you what your tomorrow is. Confession's good for the soul, yes. Confess your sins one to another. Yeah, when you stumble, have your conscience thing. But I'm talking about a much bigger thing here. I'm talking about what if you treated them to Romans 8.1 every time they talk to you? Oh, here, I got a pill for that. This is, this is the medicine of heaven that was given the antidote to the world 
I've read it to you a few times, but that's when you live out of the poem, The Man Who Swallowed a Bird. Hands live in the air like swallows. All you want to do is praise God. You become your grandma all over again, do you? Brenda's grandma, all she wanted to do was praise God. You go over there and she'd be sitting in the rocking chair. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I've become my parents now, Grandma. Maybe you become Jesus. You too, maybe to the lepers in your head. I have found no sweeter verse. I found, I've camped here it's the one he interrupted my life with. I have found no sweeter verse. Believe it or not, it was Romans 8.2. No sweeter verse than Romans 8.2 because it, it's what Romans 8.1 was about. I live in the spirit of life. Yes? I don't tell you to do that. You'll still go to heaven, whether you do or not. I feel like I can only ever get uh, like a crumb of what you're saying, but when it hits me and I believe it, it changes everything. And when you said, this is the trump card of the universe, in my mind, I saw like a Monopoly board game and it was the card that you get when it says, get out of jail free. And I saw him take that card and actually say, there is actually no jail. There's no jailer. There's no accuser on this little, <laughs> on this little island that we live of grace, that there's actually real freedom. And when I believe, and it sinks in a little bit, that there's really no jail. It's not a get out of jail free. It's there's no jail. And it changes everything. Careful, you're talking like a crazy woman. Lord, we humble ourselves. This morning I humble myself before your mighty word. We do it. Help us understand. Give enlightenment to us about this. Help us to get this. Lord, it, it, for some of us, it's a pinpoint of light. You even feel like a long, dark hallway in a pinpoint of light. Here's what I say, come to the light. Just walk towards the light. Lord, for some of us, it's now lights up the whole living room. Lord, for some of us, we're starting to realize that we're the light. We're the city set on a hill. So we come to the light this morning. Your word is a light. You said that you came as a light to the world, and that became the life of people. Thank you that I passed through the judgment. That you've given me the spirit of life. 
Lord, help each of us to not put ourselves under the law of sin and judgment, but put ourselves under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Help us, God. We need that. I need another understanding of this. I need, Lord, at 68, I need this more than I did before. So, Lord, we, we cry that great psalmist prayer. We cry Psalm 12, help, Lord. Help us, God. Help us to see it. Open it up. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Shine it in. And we'll receive it and we'll say yes. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Amen. So be it. In Jesus' name. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit.